What's Up EBQ is a proud member of the Borellos Podcasters Guild. Welcome to the What's Up ABQ podcast for this week. So you're thinking about adopting a cute little cuddly kitten or a rollicking newborn puppy. Our guest today wants to change your mind about that. Not about adopting a pet, but about the age of the animal you're considering. You're going to be giving them the best love that they may have ever had. If it is a senior, you may only have them for two years, but you're going to give them that best life ever for those two years. Like They're going to have dreams and no love for those last two years. Ryan and Lindsay get to play with pets again and introduce you to Albuquerque's own no-kill pet shelter that wants to help you find the right dog or cat for your household. It's What's Up ABQ. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is season two of What's Up ABQ. So what's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And today we're with... (laughs) Sarah with Watermelon Mountain Ranch. <laughs> so, welcome, Sarah. Uh, where are we sitting right now? Tell us a little bit about the space that we are at right here in Cottonwood. So this is our Going to the Dogs and Cats Adoption Center and Resale Store. We've been in here a couple years now, and we use this as our small breed and shy dog uh, unit, as well as a small cattery. Of course, with COVID, things are a little different than they normally are, so we're operating by appointment only for our adoptions. But it's an awesome space with all of the resale store uh, proceeds benefit the programs at the ranch. I have to say, first off, any place called a cattery <laughs> is a good place. It's so cool. It's that way the cats get to stay socialized. Right now we have kittens that get to run around and play and be kittens where they're not stuck in a small kennel, where they're not getting that time and attention. Volunteers get to play with them and they get to be cats. They get to play. So tell us a little bit about, because this is just kind of a, an offshoot of Watermelon Mountain Ranch. Tell us a little bit about what you do at the ranch and kind of what the ranch does for those cats and dogs out there that maybe need a home and don't have one. Absolutely. So we were actually founded in 1996 uh, by uh, Lee and Sofia Clemente, uh, two folks that came out here and really saw the absolute need for a no-kill shelter in San- Sandoval County specifically. They were driving down Highway 550 one day going up into Placidas to their home and they saw something get thrown out of their car in front of them so they pull over and they find this little scruffy parasite filled just poor little pup and they took in who became molly molly became the ambassador and really was the catalyst for everything that we do today we now encompass we have a 10 acre facility in northern rio rancho we have this possum adoption center here in cottonwood mall and then we've got some uh, satellites in PetSmart stores where we do other cattery adoptions as well as we're slowly getting back into our off-site adoptions which I miss desperately but since our since we opened our gates we have helped to save the lives of over 200,000 animals since we started and each month we bring in hundreds from other municipal shelters other animals that are really at risk of euthanasia so I gotta say first off you know with with that that founder story that's how I got my dog Lazzy because I used to work at a gas station and somebody dumped a puppy full of ticks uh, at where I was working. I was like, okay, well, I'm taking you home. And it's like, first off, don't do that. Secondly, if you can have a pet and you're ready for one, go get one. 
So how many pets have you been able to house during COVID and has that number gone up? COVID, while it's been, for many industries, has been really tough. For us in particular, we have done more adoptions in the, you know, since the shutdown in March than we did for the last part of last year. People have really come out and forced to adopt. They're, they're home working now. The kids are home. They have more time for puppies and for kittens. There was the thought that, well, and people start going back to the workforce, we're going to start getting a ton of returns. And for us, that hasn't been the case. We've really been able to find really good placements for our pets where they're staying long term where people are coming back and wanting to volunteer our foster program has blossomed during covid it's people are home so when you don't you know you don't want to make that lifetime commitment just yet but you can open your home for a month for a puppy to get ready for adoption or for you know to socialize a kitten that might not have had it it's the community support we've seen during covid has been absolutely amazing so do you um i know that you guys you offer no kill as far as shelter options go what are some of the reasons that people surrender their pets? And then what is the process to adopt one? What do you look for in a good pet owner? So the probably the answer we hear most often for why do you need a surrender is we're moving. We, we don't have the time anymore, has too much energy. We've just had a baby. There's, there's concerns about children in the household, things kind of along those lines. We do try to offer resources, though, on, well, maybe, especially if it's in our alumni dogs and cats, well, can we offer some training? Can we do some in-home stuff? Like, what can we do to help make this process easier? Can we help you? We have some housing opportunities to be able to help with. Like, what, what can we do? But once a watermelon pet, always a watermelon pet. So if, for whatever reason, one of ours needs to come back, we always welcome them back with open arms into our programs. For adopters, we are looking for the healthiest, happiest home that our pets can ever be in. We're looking for the kind of love that we give them on a day-to-day basis for them to be able to get in that household. So depending on the pets, some of them are going to need really tall you know, strong fences. Some of them may need another dog in the household. They won't be good as an only pet. They thrive on that. Well, we have some pups that have been with us years that need to be a spoiled only child (laughs) with no kids and like just a really nice couple that will take them on adventures by themselves. So what's the adoption process like? Walk us through it. Okay. So during, during this fabulous time we're in right now, everything is digital initially. So it's doing a digital application to get started where we're still going to screen and talk about what kind of dog you're looking for. Who do you want? Oh, you're really interested in Holly? Oh, you've got children and a, a female dog at home. That's not going to work for Holly. She needs a male dog with no, with no children. So we really keep that conversation going. And then once they get pre-approved, then we can set the appointment for the meet and greet. Now, the meet and greet's not a guarantee that the people are going to take that pet home maybe once you finally meet them in person it's not the right fit and that's totally okay we do not do pressure adoptions we want to make sure that the people really connect so if you want to spend an hour here during your appointment socializing and really talking as a family absolutely do it we want the whole family involved to make sure everyone is happy with the choice you're going to make uh we do same day adoptions if you do you know if you do choose to commit all of our pets are fixed microchipped and up to date on their age appropriate shots so they're all ready to go if it's puppies or kittens that are still under age we do make sure that you know what shots are coming up and when things are going to be due to make sure that their their health is taken care of through the long term so, and I gotta say, when you were when you were showing us around real quick before we started recording, uh, I thought it was a great sign. We walked into where the puppies were; that they were all friendly. They all came right up. They all like, pick me, pick me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> I thought that was a really good sign, you know. Um, and and 
I, I know for me, all of my pets have come from a, a humane society. And, you know, being able to, to see a dog come come right up and be happy mm-hmm. and ready, you know, and, and that's, that's a great thing to look for. It is, and we're fortunate that we have a really dedicated team. So even when at the main facility in Northern Rio Rancho or here at Cottonwood, if the dogs or the cats come in a little shy or a little shut down, our team will sit there and work with them. We have some dogs at the ranch right now that a little behaviorally challenged. Great dogs eventually, but right now they are scared of the whole wide world. So our team members will sit there throughout the day. Our ranch manager will sit in some of the kennels with his laptop and just sit so to share the space. Not not try to touch, not try to pay attention, but just to share the space so the dog can slowly become acclimated. Our team is really committed to doing the absolute best for every single animal that comes into our facility. And as a no-kill shelter, we're committed for life. So if it just so happens that you, the dog do, or the cat doesn't get to be adopted, they show tendencies that it might not be safe for them, that it's better for them to stay with us, that's okay. We have sanctuary cases that get they get loved on by our volunteers. The, they are staff favorites. So they, they are living a good life while they're at the ranch. So what kind of volunteers are you looking for? I mean, when let's say you can take them. I don't know if COVID allows right now, but when you can have volunteers, what kinds of people are you looking for to come and volunteer? And then what are the kind of things that um, you guys need done around the ranch? So actually, we are accepting volunteers right now. Of course, in very small scale, we do volunteer orientations every Saturday where small groups can come out, get the tour, get the lay of the land out the main facilities to see what, you know, to see what the facility looks like. We're not a traditional shelter. It's not a bunch of concrete kennels. We've got big open spaces. We have casitas and cottages where the dogs get to run around and play in their own play yards. And they have dog houses. And they, during the summer, they have kiddie pools in their runs to make sure they stay cool. Like, we, we make sure that they get as much socialization as possible. So for volunteers, volunteers get to do the cool stuff. They get to go into the cattery and play with the cats and use the toys and hang out with them. Our, do- our dog team comes out and does dog walk- walking. A couple weeks ago, a corporate group came out and washed a bunch of our dogs out on in the intake area. Our volunteers are the lifeblood of what we do. We have a very small team. We only have about 13, 14 people in total between all of our different facilities. And so volunteers are able to give that extra TLC to the shy dogs, to the dogs that might need some leash manners because they don't walk as well, or you know, the, or the dogs that are a little scared of life. They need that time for someone to just sit there and pit their head and talk to them softly. And the volunteers do so much for us that we wouldn't be able to do in, with our own time. So what are some of the hardships that animals in New Mexico usually face? One of the biggest struggles we see is uh, spay and neuter. The rural populations, a lot of a lot of those folks, low in, people on low income, people on disability, they can't afford three, four, five hundred dollars for a private practice spay and neuter. It's just not feasible for them. So we're fortunate that we get to offer the Sandoval County Low Income Voucher Program. So for low income residents of Sandoval County, they can qualify through us to get their animals spayed or neutered for free. That way, we're making a dent in that pet open population problem. We we see lots of, and again, in some of the rural communities, some of the, the farther out from the metropolitan, lots of chained animals, lots of backyard breeding, lots of animals that are just kind of left to their own. About a month ago, we had a mama dog and her seven or eight puppies brought in that had been given birth underneath a house that weren't, it was just the neighborhood dog. Like the entire rural neighborhood knew who she was and it was cool. And like now, but now she had this litter of puppies. And luckily one of the neighbors contacted us. They, they actually, they kept mom 
got her spayed and got her homes, but they brought us the rest of the puppies, trusting that we would do right by those puppies. And we did. They got vetted. They went to foster care and they've all found fabulous homes. But it's a very common scene in lots of the rural communities with the neighborhood dogs, that neighborhood stray that, wow, she's got another litter and another litter. And when those litters don't get fixed, it just perpetuates that problem. So we try to do as much as we can with outreach to give people resources to get their pets fixed. Even if it's not through us, there's resources in different counties to, again, make that dent in that pet overpopulation. We'd love it that one day if we weren't needed, if there weren't animals pouring through our gates every day that were in need of help. But until then, we want to help educate the community as much as we can and then be there for those pets that need us. So what does a typical stay, how long is a typical stay, I guess, for a well-adjusted pet? So puppies... Typically within the week that they're available for adoption, the puppies are going to go out. Puppies are puppies are puppies. Everyone wants a puppy. Yes. Oh, yeah. But for our large breed, large breed stay is typically four to six weeks. Small breed stay is typically about two to three weeks for fully adjusted, like, regular babies. Um, We have a little guy here right now, Oswald. He was brought in to one of our shelter partners with a broken pelvis. And luckily that healed well, but he also had a broken tail. We're pretty sure he was hit by a car before being brought to the shelter. While the pelvis fracture is healed, his tail has nerve damage now. So it doesn't wag and he can't lift it up. So that's just one of the medical things that he's going to live his life with. So he will most likely stay with us longer because he's not that typical looking pup. He's got some snaggle teeth and his head's a little tiny. Like he just, like, no, I, I, I have a dog named Siggy with one eye and I think it's just the cutest thing. So our, our nickname for her is Siggy One Eye. It's great. <laughs> Oh, we've got Rosie One-Eyed is here as well. I saw it. I was like, I know your type. Rosie One-Eyed's back there. I I personally have a three-legged dog that uh, she was a shelter transfer from Carlsbad to the ranch, and I fell in love with Puzzle because she's missing a piece. So so that's Puzzle. But we we have, our entire organization has a soft spot for the specially abled. It's like, I say it with love, but it's like the island of misfit toys sometimes with us. We're like, we want the toys that are missing some pieces and maybe their parts aren't as new as others. Like we love our oldies, but goodies. Our, um, our founder, Sophia, she's very, very involved in the organization still. She loves the older chihuahuas. That is, that is her soft spot are the older cheese so we always have a couple older chihuahuas floating around the property or floating through the centers because that's that's her passion those are her loves i'm a big dachshund girl so the team knows that if an old doxy's coming through it's like no they can join the team it's fine it's fine yeah exactly and our team at the ranch they they are they've got soft spot for the pities we got got some of my guys out there and some of my girls that they love our little wiggle but pit bulls so we we make sure that sometimes they get some extra preference to come in versus everyone wants a poodle everyone wants that golden retriever or the the fluffy dogs and we like in New Mexico, the two most euthanized breeds are pitbulls and chihuahuas. They're the, also the two breeds that you'll find most in the shelter system, which is really unfortunate. Pitbulls get a horrible rap. It's October is actually National Pitbull Awareness Month. Like that's to showcase how amazing these dogs can be. They were originally brought over from England as nanny dogs. They were bred initially to take care of children to because they're so loyal and protective. And unfortunately, humans have changed a lot of that but that's still inherent in so many of them where they are just loves they want to wiggle and sit on your lap and they think they're a lap dog that's all they want in their lives and that's just those are the dogs we really try to advocate for the the underdogs the dogs that might not be as highly adoptable in a traditional system so what makes for a good dog love that's it you could i mean tricks are cool 
That's awesome if you can bring me like a slipper or a newspaper or something. That's cool. But it's love. It's seeing that seeing that shut down dog or cat come around and just be unconditionally loving. Seeing that that sigh when they finally lay down and they know they're safe. That it's not they're not terrified anymore. They're not scared anymore. It's their home. They know they're okay. That, I think that is the best thing for us to see is not only the connection at the initial adoption, but when we get the happy tales later, when they're sending us those photos of the dog beds or them playing in pools in the rivers like that, that gives us so much joy and the push and the drive to continue to fight the good fight because some days are hard in the shelter world and those happy tales keep pushing us forward. Well, I have to say, you know, I, we had just adopted Ziggy and she was home and one day, you know, she, we were playing and I, I just flipped her over and I started rubbing her belly and she just went limp and I don't <laughs> think she had ever had her belly rubbed before, you know, and so I was like, and so now it's like she like gives me that look and then just flops over <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> exactly. And it's those, it's those moments when you realize like, Oh my God, they're finally home. Like they finally get it that they're home. But we as pet owners, we can do everything we can to make them feel at home. We can buy all the beds and all the toys and all the things under the sun. But it's that trust. When they when they trust that you're not going to hurt them like everyone else has, that you're not going to abandon them. It's that feeling that's like, all right, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. My day's back. <laughs> well, we are about at our halfway point. So we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. What's Up ABQ is proud to be sponsored by Daisy Sticker Company. Fun stickers and affordable prices. Do you want your business, group, or team on a decal, cup, pop socket, or business card? Just contact Daisy Sticker on Instagram at Daisy Sticker Co. And now find them on Etsy at Daisy Sticker Co. 1. They'll print your artwork or design custom-made artwork for you. Add the promo code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Daisy Sticker Company, cool stickers and cool prices. Look for them on Instagram at Daisy Sticker Co. and now on Etsy at Daisy Sticker Co. 1. They help bring you What's Up ABQ. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast, but you're not sure where to begin or what to do, or maybe you just don't have the technical know-how to get going? Well, this month in October, we are offering 10% off of our Borellas Podcast Guild signups. So that means you can come to us, we will get you signed up for 10% off, and we will get your podcast going. All we have to do is sit down, have a conversation, and then we can get the tape rolling. And that's it. It's really easy. So please consider joining the Borellas Podcasters Guild and sign up this October for 10% off. I promise you're going to be so happy with your finished product. It's going to be amazing. Get your podcast started. Join the Borellas Podcasters Guild today. Learn how to join the Borellas Podcasters Guild. Go to BorellasPodcastersGuild.com and find out how to become a part of the guild by clicking on Contact Us. We look forward to having you as a member. And we're back. And today we have with us... Sarah with Watermelon Mountain Ranch. How did you first get started with here? So I did not get started in the shelter system the traditional way. I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was little. So badly. Always there. So badly. (laughs) Wanted to be a vet. But then I was like, oh, that's a lot of school. (laughs) 
That's a that that's a lot of blood and gross stuff. Okay, I don't I don't know. Happy yeah. animals. I want to love them. I don't want to see what they look like inside. <laughs> so I'm like maybe this is what I'm built for. Okay, well that's fine. And at that point, I'm you know as a kid, I didn't know that there were options to work in a shelter or to work in the nonprofit sector. Like that wasn't something that was ever shown to me when I was young. And that's kind of why I make it a big point now when I do humane education with when I go in, or when I was able to go into the schools and talk to the kids is to let them know those these career paths are out there. But I actually met uh, Sophia and uh, her team back in, two th- I've been with the ranch eight years now, uh, 2010, I met them. And I was actually working in customer service and in hotels. And I was helping with uh, hotel or banquet planning. And through a series of events, I was able to join the ranch team as entry level. And I, I was fortunate enough to work under some unbelievable directors that taught me so much about the shelter world, about about our history. Sophia is absolutely amazing. She's totally our matriarch. Her husband, Lee, unfortunately passed away in 2010 of very aggressive lung cancer, and he is still sorely missed to this day. But he is a big part of our fight. Miss Molly, our ambassador, she passed away in 2017 of also very aggressive cancer. She was a cancer-sniffing dog. She was an ambassador. She went to city council meetings. She was just Lee's companion. That was... And when she left, it left a really big hole in the organization. So in her honor, we actually developed something called Molly's Mercy Missions, where we go to at-risk municipal shelters all across the Southwest, and we've actually branched into Mexico as well, bringing back those dogs and cats that are on euthanasia list, the dogs and cats that are not the traditionally adoptable pets, the one-eyed, the missing limbs, the the scared dogs, the shy dogs, the shy cats, the just those animals that need a little extra TLC, and we do it all in Molly's honor. I've been fortunate enough because I've learned from so many amazing people starting in the shelter world. Now I've made amazing connections with all of these shelter folks that are have the same passion to save lives. Where it's not, this is not a nine to five job. None, no one on our team is in it to do nine to five or in it to make millions. As it turns out. <laughs> it's weird how nonprofit just yeah. does not make you that million dollars you were looking for. It's that nonprofit part. Yeah. So it's that part. But we're at. <laughs> We're absolutely in it, though, for the love of the animals. That's why we get up every day. That's why there's nights that we've had team members have to, including myself, get out to the property at midnight to help unload a load of dogs that came in late. Or a transport broke down, so we're driving out to Roswell in the middle of the night to go pick up dogs and cats. But it's that community thing where people literally do it at the drop of a hat. It's a couple weeks ago, a gentleman showed up with nine two-week-old puppies, like bottle feeding, barely had their eyes open, teeny tiny little furry jelly beans. And I put a post up on Facebook on our page for an urgent need for bottle baby fosters. People that have never fostered before within 30, 45 minutes of that post being up, every single baby was accounted for and was going to a foster home. And it wasn't, they didn't think twice. They didn't have to really consider it. It's like, these babies are in need. All right, teach me how to bottle feed. Like, what what do I need to do? And these little furry nuggets are getting all fat and all plump in their foster home, doing amazing. And it's... I, I am so fortunate and I'm so thankful that I was able to join the ranch when I did. And I get to continue to do this work 
every day. Like it's it's stressful and it's heartbreaking, but it is I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like it's the coolest job ever. So what's your Facebook page? Well, oh, cheese, cheese and rice. I never I always forget that. So it's under cheese and rice. It, 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 if you uh, search Watermelon Mountain Ranch, but it is uh, WM Ranch is the forward hashtag on that. And then our Instagram is uh, WN Ranch NM. Oh my gravy, I'm terrible. My social media tag. So I had nothing on that. Google it. It will come up. <laughs> You'll find it. I know. So is there any type of person or situation where maybe they should not consider adopting a pet? And then on the flip side, how do you know you need a pet? I think that everyone wants a pet at some point. I think a lot of times it's looking at your your lifestyle, your work, your job commitment, and your time commitment. Puppies are awesome. Puppies are cool. I would never adopt a puppy, personally. Like, puppies are work. Puppies shouldn't be alone more than four to five hours a day. If you're working a standard nine to five, that's not really going to work for your schedule. Oh, no, they'll be fine. They'll be fine for eight hours. They're really not, though. It, it seriously inhibits their socialization. It that causes separation anxiety. They're going to become destructive. I can't tell you the number of puppies that have been bought, brought back because of that. It's They got too destructive. They got too big. I just don't have time for them. That's cool. We understand that. But we want, and we really try to educate and talk to people about, well, maybe let's look at a dog over a year old. Maybe a puppy isn't the right type right now. And it's also looking at your family structure. Having lots of little, little guys, maybe having an 80 pound lab right now might not be the best fit because the dog doesn't know. He might think he's a giant lab dog trying to sit on the two year old. Like it's, it's, it's all, he doesn't know that you got a fit here. I, 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 I dog like that, Penny, she, yeah, she was a big dog and she thought she was a little dog. And we were like, no, no, you're not little. You're actually huge and heavy. Please stop jumping on me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's and looking at cats. Kittens have those razor sharp little claws. Little yes. They're not nice. Like they are, and they don't know any better. They don't know they're supposed to be wearing them down or anything else. Yeah. And when they're playing, they can be very tiger-like while they're playing with those claws. And so sometimes with smaller kids, that might not be the best bet. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, if you have other pets in the household, if you have a super senior that might be getting ready to cross the Rainbow Bridge, bringing in a new puppy might not be the best idea right at that time. Like, let them have the peace that they need toward, toward their end versus causing extra stress. So it's, it's looking at lots of little pieces of where you're at. What, that's why we're really big on, no, we don't do high-pressure adoptions. We want people to really think about it and make sure that they're ready for a lifetime commitment because it should be a lifetime commitment. Once they become part of the family, it's part of the family. You wouldn't want to give your child away. I mean, I've got some. It's so where sometimes maybe I would consider loaning them out. <laughs> And no one's like, if, if you're listening. No, no, no. I love my kids. I guess I'll keep them. Well, and that brings up a question I have. What is the average age for, for a cat and dog? Oh, so for cats, cats can get into their 20s. Very easily, cats can get into their 20s. Dogs, so typically the bigger the dog, the shorter the lifespan. So when you get into your giant breeds, your St. Bernard, your Great Pyrenees, your Great Danes, 8 to 10 is actually going to be their their lifespan some will get into 12 but it's pretty rare so great giant breeds start becoming seniors at six years old versus small breed chihuahua we've had a we had a chihuahua one of our uh donors had a chihuahua that lived to 22 so small 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 breed typically we start calling small breed seniors about 10 to 10 to 12 but they can easily get anywhere from 12 to 18 and the medium breed is going to be right in the middle of that one so what's something that you wish uh people were considering adopting a pet would know coming in that 
senior pets are amazing. That adult breeds are amazing. That yeah, in the shelter you might not know what their background is. You might not know like, if their house broken, anything along those lines. But you do know that you're going to be giving them the best love that they may have ever had for whatever time they have left. So if it is a senior, you may only have them for two years, but you're going to give them that best life ever for those two years. Like they're going to have, you know, dreams and no love for those last two years. That housebreaking is hard. Housebreaking is hard for any any animal. And to be patient. They need patience. Shelter pets, because we don't know what their lives were like before us. It can take weeks for them to decompress and become like these amazing, caring, loving pets. But you need to be patient with them. Because some, it's going to be scary. They may not have ever walked on hardwood before. Tile might be absolutely terrifying to them. (laughs) They may have never touched grass some have never had a toy. Like, toys are totally foreign objects to them. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Do I eat it? Do I not? Do I just, does it bite me? Like, what do I do? So it's, be patient, you know, showing them new things because you're you're showing them new things. So show them that in a positive way and know that you're making a difference in a shelter pet's life. Are there anything that, um, or is there anything, rather, that people can donate to you guys to kind of help the shelter pets? Are there things you need on a consistent basis? And what are those things? How can people help you? Dollars are always great. Dollars, pa- dollars, pay, dollars pay medical bills. We, as a nonprofit, we rely solely on donations and grants and that kind of stuff. And we do end up with very surprised medical bills sometimes, especially with some of our senior pets. But otherwise, I mean, gently used blankets and towels are fantastic for dog washing and lining kennels, things along those lines. We always need dog food, always need cat food, non-clumping clay cat litter. Y'all saw all those tiny kittens that were back in there? They go through a lot of litter. They have no shame about kicking the litter up out of that the litter box as they're trying to do their business. So litter is always needed. Collars, volunteers are always needed to help give extra TLC. Getting here, we get to take the dogs down to the dog park so they get to run around and play and be dogs. But it's really the public support in all facets makes such a difference in what we do. Being able to see uh, corporate parties do fundraising drives for us where T-Mobile did a huge donation drive for us a couple years ago that ended up with five truckloads full of stuff. The overnight shift at Intel has been super supportive of us doing, uh, again, just item donation drives, not necessarily doing the monetary stuff, but it's like, hey, you're going to pick up a bag of dog food. You don't mind picking up an extra one and dropping it off. It makes such a difference because then we don't have to use our funds for those basic supplies. We can focus on the medical care, some extra be you know, behavioral rehab training, doing those other little things to help make them more adoptable. And you guys have an event coming up as well. I wanted to kind of see if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. I know COVID makes everything a little (laughs) strange, but I think it's worth mentioning because it's still important. Yeah. So typically this next week and a half, we would be gearing up for our biggest fundraiser of the year. Uh, This year would have been our 18th annual furball which is our dinner, dance, gala. It's like that, it's our big celebration. COVID, and then COVID, and then COVID. So instead, we've uh, moved to a very virtual model where earlier this month, we did a donation drive with Papa John's. We did one with Rebel Donut, with like um, Marble Brewing right now is actually, they have donation boxes in all of their tap rooms. So if you wanted to, if you have that extra bag of food and you don't want to make it out to the ranch, Stop by and support local. Grab a great craft beer, and you can also drop off the supplies there. So that that's been a huge. Not help. a bad situation, guys. You're going there anyway. Yeah, come on, <laughs> it's Friday. It's win-win. Yeah, for real. How can people get involved with this? 
So we are actually doing an online virtual silent auction this year. So we have amazing items like jewelry and signed guitars and artwork and like everything you can think of is all online this year. So you can bid online, bid straight from your phone and be able to get involved. Another really cool thing we're doing here in a couple weeks is uh, we're partnering with JTD from 100.3. We're doing trivia night. We are doing a yappy hour trivia night that's Oscar themed with proceeds benefiting the ranch. So people can come hang out and do that. Um, and you can actually vote for Steve's Parade of Pets. So partner at Steve Suckers, our MC. He's always fabulous. Um, online right now, you can vote for your favorite pup. Every dollar is a vote for your favorite pet. And all those proceeds benefit as, as well. The costumes on these dogs and these cats. OMG, y'all. People went all out this year to make sure that they fit the Oscar night theme. And we are super excited for their runway looks. I'm like looking at the poster right now and I will put it on the Instagram um, so you guys can see it too, but it's great. There's there's some very classy looking uh, felines and puppies on there. They look they look good. They look ready. They they look great, and I, I can't can't wait to hear which uh, which designer they're they're sporting as they come down the aisle. <laughs> Are you wearing? Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on uh, an Albuquerque note, something that we ask everybody. Or Rio Rancho. Or Rio Rancho, because we were right right here. That's right. Okay, important big question. Are you ready? Of okay. Red or green. Christmas. And if you're going to go in town for That's good like Christmas. Dogs or cats. I know, I know, but if you're going to go go for chili in town, not a relative's house, where do you go? Casino Azul. <laughs> Their red chili salsa makes my dreams come true. Like, it's hot and it's delicious. And even during COVID, I was doing the takeout with the pint and taking it home because that's, it yeah, it's fresh chips and the red chili salsa. Like, I'm good. Like, I need nothing else in my life. Awesome. <laughs> so, okay, Casinos, well, you guys, I, I swear, they're like, they're like yeah. the top runner. Every time we ask, yeah. they're up like top two. So I'm really, I'm really feeling like we need to figure this out. Maybe Casinos could uh, listen and donate something to the furball. <laughs> Maybe. Just we're talking to you guys. You know who you are. I'm it out there, and I might buy it because that's where we're at. So is there anything else that you want to share, uh, things that you want people to, to know? What, this is the time. What, what is this it? This is the time. This is the time. Probably the biggest thing would be thank you. Thank you to the public. Like, we didn't think we'd survive, and they really made it possible for us to keep doing this, to take in 30 cats from another shelter a couple weeks ago to take in puppies every single week and the community made it possible we could not have pulled this off to get as far as we have into covid without them the donations monetary the the in-kind donations the fosters the adopters the volunteers just thank you so albuquerque Rio Rancho, Santa Fe, Bernalillo, wherever you're at, guys, if you want to come and find a friend, find a puppy, find a dog, find a senior cat, find a senior dog, come adopt, come see what you can see, find somebody for your family, come and check it out. I think it's by appointment only, is that right? So by appointment, you can look it up online. And again, where can they find you online just so that they can get some more information? Go to WMRanch.org. We've got all of our links for our Facebook page, our Instagram page. You can see all of our adoptable pets online. It's great to 
be able to doggy shop online and then be able to kind of pick who you want to do. I said, I'm a huge fan of senior pets. We just had a 10-year-old snowshoe Siamese come in. Little old lady. Oh, my goodness. And she just, like, trots around and eats her wet food. She's the cutest cat ever. But she might stay with us a little longer. But those those are my senior babies. I love them. I can't, I can't ever say no. But giving a shelter pet a chance and showing them the love is really the best feeling in the world. Well, thank you so much for letting us come and see and pet cats and pet dogs and socialize and everything else. And thank you for doing what you do. Thanks so much for having me. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay and Ryan. And we just want to say thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your continued support through COVID through the last year. We know it's been crazy here. It hasn't been easy, but we appreciate you listening nonetheless. And we are trying so hard to bring you the best episodes in Albuquerque throughout this crazy time. So if you have a lead for a super cool local business or entrepreneur or creative thing going on, send them our way. We would love to sit down and talk to them. We can do it via Zoom. We can do it some other way, but we would love to talk. We still want to bring you guys the best and brightest out of Albuquerque. Thanks. Keep listening. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Carter-Landine, the host and producer of True Consequences Podcast. True Consequences is a true crime and mystery podcast with stories based in New Mexico and the American Desert Southwest. I started this show to bring light to cases that need to be solved in my state. You see, my brother was murdered 33 years ago, and his murderer still walks free. So I cover cases with an empathetic lens because I understand what it's like to seek justice for a family member. I hope you'll give True Consequences a chance. You can find me wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's Up ABQ, the podcast about all the great things, people, and places in the Duke City. Every week, we introduce you to local businesses and establishments that we hope you'll continue to support during this weird time of social distancing. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, contact us at abqwhatsup at gmail.com or visit whatsupabq.com. What's Up ABQ is part of the Borellus Podcasters Guild and is produced by Ryan Freeman and Lindsay Dominguez with post-production by Paul Nixon at paulnixonvo.com. Support local businesses you hear about on this podcast. Let us know about other ones we should feature and leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening to What's Up ABQ and we'll talk to you next week. What's Up ABQ is a proud member of the Borellos Podcasters Guild. 